two days away from the start of the college football season. I'm Matt Schick. Two of my best friends were unable to make it today. So we got Tom Luganville and Dusty Dvorak <laughs> here on College Football Live. Uh, guys, let's start uh, off with the most important position on the field, that of the quarterback. And at the top, we've got some unproven commodities, including at Alabama. It's going to be either sophomore Jalen Milrow, freshman Ty Simpson, Notre Dame transfer Tyler Buckner, Nick Saban said this week, quit looking around for me to make a decision about who's going to play. How about you play and good enough that I don't have a choice? Ryan Day has a choice to make at Ohio State. It's a training camp battle between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. He said this week he took a straw poll of the staff and it was nearly split down the middle as to who should be the guy. As for Georgia, they found their guy in Carson Beck. The fourth-year junior takes over the reins, left by two-time national champ. Stetson Bennett, the Dogs attempt to become the first team in the modern era of college football to three-peat. Dusty, I want to start with you. Which of those quarterback situations concerns you the most? I think it's got to be in Tuscaloosa and Alabama. New offensive coordinator Tommy Reese comes in, and they still can't make a decision. You know, I think a lot of people thought when he went there and Tyler Buckner transferred, naturally they've got, they've got some continuity. He would be the guy. But last year, it was Jalen Milrow that stepped in against Arkansas when Bryce Young went down, started, and won the NM game. Nobody has separated themselves, which tells me nobody has really taken ownership of that job. I got a lot of question marks about this offense overall. I think it's going to be a good offensive line. They're going to be able to run the football, but we know how important that quarterback spot is. And Ohio State, I think Devin Brown is just really pushing Kyle McCord and playing really good football. And Carson Beck looks like that next really good quarterback to lead the Bulldogs. And Tuscaloosa, Tom, I've got some concerns ultimately about who wins that job and how it plays out throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. And I think because of those concerns, what do you have to do? You have to default to whoever your best athlete is. And your best athlete is Jalen Milrow. Who makes you the most difficult to defend? Now the question then becomes, and I think there's been some turnover issues with all of the quarterbacks in play. The question then becomes, how long do you allow his athleticism all right, to give him a long leash, leash versus making mistakes? and turning the ball over. And so time will tell. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see all of these guys uh, to open up the season and let them play and see what they do. Yeah, it's true. And, and uh, Nick Saban made the point. Like, the start, the first game is not the end of this thing. Remember back in 2016, yeah. they take on USC. Blake Barnett's the guy. He saw half the game. Jalen Hurts took it the rest of the way. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but the start of the game certainly not the finish line. Guys, three of the top four teams in that AP poll, like we said – replacing a quarterback, an unknown commodity there at the position. The one team in that top four of the AP that does not is Michigan. So, Luke, with J.J. McCarthy coming back, started 13 games last year, took into the playoff. Should we consider Michigan the favorite to win it all, the team to beat? Absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of the preseason prognostications and, and what we've talked about for the last couple of months have Michigan not only in the college football playoff again, but a lot of people have not playing for the national championship. I don't care who you are or what program you, that you are playing for. If you come into a season with a seasoned quarterback that's experienced, he's been productive, and he's been efficient, you have distinct advantages over everybody else. Now, the good news is for everybody else is those other quarterbacks, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, they're all going to walk into a huddle with great talent around them. The difference with Michigan is J.J. McCarthy's also walking into a huddle 
with an intact offensive line, two great wideouts, and a potential Heisman candidate in Blake Corum at running back. So I think that Michigan's got great advantages because of the quarterback. I'm, I'm totally with you, man. I think that he's primed for an excellent season. Jim Harbaugh has praised him so far in making that next step. We saw what he was capable of doing, winning that job from Cade McNamara a season ago. He's also got some mobility that I love as well. He's throwing the deep ball excellent with those running backs. You mentioned Quorum, also Edwards. It's a two-headed monster. Load that box up to stop the run. Create shots over the top for J.J. McCarthy. And he's had great deep ball accuracy, which is going to be very tough for defenses to defend. What are you going to take away, the run game or the throw game? I am high on Michigan. I am high on J.J. McCarthy. I just might make him my national championship pick, boys. Oh, all right. I don't know if we're getting to that in this episode, but I can't wait. Got a, got a couple of days there to figure that one out, Dusty. Thank you. Oh, by the way, the team with the biggest answer at quarterback resides in Southern California. Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman yeah. Trophy winner, returns in what could be his final season before heading to the NFL. Speaking of the next level, he has drawn many comparisons to one of the current greats, a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes. But even Williams says, eh, slow your roll a little bit. It's a lot closer to the relevant side. Um, there's a sense of respect. I mean, he's the best player in the world right now. Um, he does special things. Um, his teammates love him. Everybody in the world loves him. Um, he makes special plays. You know, the man has two Super Bowls. Um, so to be compared to someone like that, it's a sense of respect, but it's, it also is irrelevant because I'm Caleb, Caleb Williams. I'm here at USC, um, and I haven't even I haven't won a, a national championship yet. So um, it's respect and all, but, you know, it's it's – you know, it's close to irrelevant side. Let's welcome in NFL draft analyst Matt Miller, who released his preseason mock draft for the first round this morning. You can find that on ESPN.com. Uh, Matt, you've got four quarterbacks going in the first round. I know Caleb Williams isn't the only one, but he is number one, right? Yeah, he's number one, and I think that's with a bullet. He's special. He can say that he's not Patrick Mahomes. Stylistically, he's a lot like Patrick Mahomes. I think it's much harder to find a comparison that's not Mahomes when talking about Caleb Williams. I'm excited to watch him play. I know you guys are excited to watch him play. NFL scouts have been waiting for the opportunity to evaluate him. He's now draft eligible. We'll see if he enters the draft or not, but the draft starts with Caleb Williams. Now, following his lead and not too far behind is Drake May, who came onto the scene last year for North Carolina, was fantastic. The comparisons to Justin Herbert are there for a good reason. He's six foot four, 230 pounds, an excellent thrower from within the pocket when things get muddy. He's great under pressure, but the mobility's there as well. Great chance he's the number two overall pick in this next year's draft. Now, I got to do this for my guy, Dusty. Hook him a horns here with Quinn Ewers. I think he has a chance to make it to the top 15 picks of the first round if he plays up to the level that we saw at times last year. He's got to stay healthy. We saw the shoulder injury, but the weapons around him are fantastic. The University of Texas, an improving offensive line. So Ewers is a player that can really move up draft boards a lot this year. There's a lot of pressure on him. And then the player you guys were just talking about, J.J. McCarthy, he's never going to put up huge numbers in this Jim Harbaugh offense. They have the best backfield in the country with Corum and Edwards, but it's what he does, mobility, off-platform, second effort throws, also those deep ball shots. They have two great tight ends at Michigan as well. So we're going to see a lot of seam busters from J.J., another guy I know NFL scouts are very excited about. His potential is maybe a late first-round pick. All right, so you got four quarterbacks there in the top 21. Let's bring in uh, back in Luganville and Dusty. And in honor of the debate last night, he mentioned you, Dusty, so I'm going to let you start yes. it off. Uh, your reaction there. <laughs> 
Uh, Matt, I've known you for a long time. We've been we've been talking college football and the NFL draft for a while. Where did you used to live and what team do you like to root for? <laughs> is it Texas? I'm just wondering, is that a coincidence or I don't know. are you really by yeah. Quinn Ewers? Yeah, Dusty knows how hard I've been on Texas quarterbacks, man. There was no Sam Ellinger round one talk from me. So uh, one of the one Tom knows one of the greatest you know, high school recruits of all time, allegedly at the quarterback position. That potential's there. Uh, we'll see if he can tap into it or not. Luke's. You know, Matt, that's interesting too. You say that because I think we all know that Quinn Ewers and, and his physical gifts are there. But when you're putting together a list like this, and trust me, I'm in the world of living on making lists and. Uh, and I know the scrutiny that comes along with it. But what was it about Quinn Ewers in your mind that felt like he's earned the right to be a potential top 10 pick? Because I didn't feel like on the field he's performed that way yet. I think he's capable of it. But what was it in your mind that led you to put him inside the top 10? Oh, it's that potential. You're absolutely right. You, you can't really watch a game outside of that first half, maybe against Alabama last year, and say, that's a top 10 pick. That's the first round pick. It's the potential. And, and I know everyone's super excited. I'm super excited about Texas this year, obviously. But he has to perform because there are a couple guys behind him who are really good. The seat's hot. And I, I think it is <laughs> that. It's the potential, you know, like some of the guys we've seen before. Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma being a good example. Uh, Sam Howell at North Carolina. Guys who are were saying, gosh, that potential's there, but... Now you got to play up to that level, and I think that's where we're at right now with Quinn. Great stuff. Again, check out that projections, those projections on ESPN.com for the first-round mock from Matt Miller. Coming up next, speaking of Drake May, who he's got going number three overall, a lot riding on the right arm of the Tar Heel quarterback. We'll go all access with a likely first-rounder as he prepares for the Week 1 matchup with South Carolina. Plus, LSU also has a big game Week 1. But they'll be without one of their best players. The latest on a suspension that is leaving our analysts scratching their heads. The college football season kicks off Saturday. The 18th annual MEAC SWAC Challenge kickoff game has Jackson State legend T.C. Taylor taking over for Deion Sanders and leading his alma mater against South Carolina State in Atlanta. Our celebration of HBCUs begins at 7.30 Eastern on ABC for the first time, along with the ESPN app. A week from Saturday, North Carolina takes the field with quarterback Drake May. We go all access. Y'all better hope I don't take off on y'all, too. We can't even touch you. Man. No, I think in the pocket, no touching. But once I scramble, I think we should be able to. Well, at least off. stud. Yeah, at least stud. stud. Yeah. No. Yes, no, nobody can come rock me anyway. Drake, you would get lifted. You saw me get lifted last year? All right, no. <laughs> We're going to see, Sam. We're going to see. Drake is a a competitor. I, th I think that's the biggest thing that I like about Drake. I don't think he's scared of anything. He's a very confident guy, a great leader, and he and he just balls. Drake's a guy that's an accurate thrower, just naturally. I think he's been that way probably since he started throwing it way back when he was a kid. He wants the ball in certain spots on certain routes. That's a good ball. When y'all got the cross and y'all are like fighting, battling, you know, raising your shoulder, getting pulled, but just make sure you like declare a step where I know you're going flat, you know what I'm saying? He's a perfectionist. 
He's a commander, you know, guys respect him, not only because of his work ethic, but because he's a great dude, and then people follow great dudes. No, yeah, you can't. You gotta, you gotta start pump faking him too, I'll yeah. tell you that. Start pump faking the corner. He's a big piece of what we have here at Carolina. All Access with Carolina Football Part 2 debuts Thursday, otherwise known as tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on ACC Network. North Carolina and Drake May, one of those teams vying for the conference crown in the ACC, a league that could be adding more members very soon. Let's welcome in Pete Thamel, College Football Insider. Pete, what is the latest with the ACC and potential expansion? Well, Matt, it is time to meet. There will be an AD meeting tonight. There was another president's meeting in the morning. There's expected to be multiple more meetings before a decision is made on Cal and Stanford, which is being called Calford on Twitter, and then uh, obviously SMU. And uh, at stake here and at debate here is obviously what always happens with realignment. It's money, and how will money be divided? Financial models are being looked at, and right now what they're doing is they're saying, okay, how will this money get set up? There's some sort of a success pool that may, that may come into play for those who win. To the victors go the spoils. But you have to satisfy from Boston College to Tallahassee, and there's a lot of different agendas in that room. So it's never simple with realignment. There's momentum, but anyone who says this is done hasn't followed realignment closely. There's still a lot of variables left lingering here before anything's signed. All right. Could be a, a new-look ACC. We'll see. It's going to be a new-look offense for a partial member of the league. Let's uh, begin here with some of our other top stories as we head toward the opening uh, week here, Pete, with Notre Dame. Yeah, well, I think the question for Notre Dame is who will Sam Hartman throw to? Uh, Michael Mayer seemingly got 98% of the targets last year. It wasn't actually that many. Uh, my question is, will Jaden Greathouse, the ESPN top 300 receiver from Austin Westlake, emerge? There's a talented crop of young Notre Dame receivers we just need to see which ones will flash against Navy and Dublin. The USCP. Yes. Uh, we know Caleb Williams. We saw Caleb Williams. Matt put Caleb Williams at the top of his draft. What we need to see is some push from the front seven. Five of seven USC starters will be transfers this year. That includes Bear Alexander up front. And one of the guys who's not a starter as a transfer is Tackett Curtis. He's known as Captain America. He's one of the best freshman linebackers in the country. We will see him and feel him Saturday against San Jose. And then LSU a suspension, Pete. Yeah, a huge development last night. The NCAA is suspending Mason Smith, one of the best defensive linemen in all of college football, for the opener against Florida State. This guy's your quintessential run-stuffer, big SEC body. He will be missed in the middle. Tank Guillory is the backup who will receive a lot of the snaps and LSU's four-down look. But make no mistake, Mason Smith is a potential top-ten pick in the NFL draft. He's the type of guy that separates the SEC from the ACC. Brian Kelly and company will miss him Sunday night. Wow, season-ending injury in that game against Florida State in the first quarter last year. Now he won't even uh, play a snap this time around in uh, in the second year edition against FSU. Let's welcome in the other guys here. Dusty, let's start with you. Your reaction to that last story with Mason Smith being suspended that first game. Well, being a former defensive tackle, I hate it. I love seeing quality defensive line play, <laughs> and Mason Smith might be the best defensive tackle in the country. For LSU, they've got Makai Wingo. They've got Perkins coming off the edge. They've got enough guys. They can still win that game without him. But what I really hate about this is the NCAA stepping in once again, I don't think Mason Smith should be suspended 
for a game. This was something that happened in 2021, retroactively going back, and now for something that is completely legal in college football, going to go back and now suspend him for a game. Here's my question to the NCAA. It says even under NIL that pay-for-play is supposed to be outlawed and banned still in college football. Does anybody believe that? There are players that are signing and getting six- and seven-figure deals all over the country just to go play school somewhere, and they're fine to play. But two years ago, weeks, maybe months before this rule was changed, the NIL, a couple of signatures, and now you have to sit out? I can't stand this. I think it's a joke and laughable that the NCAA is going to step in and suspend Mason Smith for this opener. Tom, what do you think? Dusty, it's, yeah, it's absolutely laughable. And I think the, the question that you have to ask yourself is, don't you have anything better to do, NCAA? you got a pretty full plate, right? You've got name, image, and likeness. You've got the transfer portal. You have the wild, wild west out there. You have nobody policing. You have no governing. And we're worried about this? I mean, come on. I mean, let's. all this does is further scrutiny and criticism of the governing body of, of intercollegiate athletics. And not to mention, you're taking a marquee player in a marquee game that is an absolute difference maker. So now you set a precedent, too. So I just feel like... You know, don't we have better things to do? I mean, really, come on. You got a lot on your table there, NCAA. Yeah. Charlie Baker's trying to make a point, Mr. Schick. That's what it feels yeah. like. Like the Jim Harbaugh yeah. situation. Now this new man, new sheriff in town feels like he's trying to let everybody know this NCAA, it still has some teeth. Yeah. The, the rules have changed, uh, but back then they were still there, and uh, you eventually have to pay the price, and that's what's happening with Mason Smith. Pete, thanks so much. Uh, great job there. Check him out again, ESPN.com and Twitter, or X as we're calling it for the latest in college football news. Coming up, Batman had Robin, Woody had Buzz, Tom Luganville has cynicism, some great duos to be sure, but what are the best duos in college football? Our guys with the answers next. Showdown to start the season. Not your average season opener. Florida, Utah. Thursday, August 31st on ESPN. That is just the start of things as week one is chock full of great games. ABC has a triple header next Saturday featuring a pair of SEC ACC battles. Primetime, Bank of America Stadium, Charlotte, North Carolina between UNC and South Carolina. ESPN caps Labor Day weekend with number nine Clemson. Visiting Duke, USC plays this Saturday against San Jose State. A chance to see Caleb Williams and Brendan Rice put their connection on display. I mean, it's Caleb Williams. This dude's a magician. I've seen him roll out crossbody 40 yards down the field. His work ethic matches everything he wants to do on that field. He's a great leader, vocal, and I wouldn't follow anybody else. Shoot, like, it's, it's a privilege. And then just to go out there and work with them time and time again, it really builds that chemistry and builds uh, what we want to do on that field with that Jamar Chase and that Joe Burrow relationship. All right. Rice, Williams, Burrow, Chase. All right. Which <laughs> wide receiver uh, quarterback duo, Dusty, are you most excited to watch this year? Well, first of all, is he the best receiver? Dorian Singer from Arizona. He may be that top spot yeah. for Caleb Williams. I'm going to go Jordan Travis, Johnny Wilson. Jordan Travis had an outstanding year last year. He's going to pick up right where he left off. And Johnny Wilson, 
He's 6'7", 235 plus. They want to run the football. They're going to get a lot of single high, man-to-man outside, 50-50 ball. I love that Johnny Wilson, especially in the red zone, go up and get it. Johnny Wilson, Jordan, Travis, Tom, that's going to be a great duel all season long. Yeah, it's a good one, Dusty. I'm going to go to the SEC and LSU's Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors, 11 starts a year ago, a 1,000-yard receiver. I think he could be a 1,300-yard receiver this year. And if you look at Jaden Daniels, he kind of got back to what he was as a freshman at Arizona State. And I don't think he's going to regress. Unless he starts drinking interception juice, he's going to be just <laughs> fine. 17 touchdowns. Three interceptions, so he was careful with the ball. I think the touchdowns will go well above 20, and Malik Neighbors will be on the receiving end of many of them. All right, give me Michael Penix Jr. and Romo Dunze there uh, in the Pac-12. Give some West Coast love there for Washington. All right, guys, Big 12 Commissioner <laughs> Brett Yormark supposed to be impartial during conference games, but at least for one game this year, he's taken a side. Candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you. Okay. And coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving. And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. Speaking of the Red Raider Club <laughs> kickoff luncheon in Lubbock, Lugs, we okay with this? He was speaking to the crowd. I'm okay with it because it was directed towards Texas, who's exiting Dusty. But, like, I think you got to be careful if you make a comment like that against a standing member because it's just going to follow you wherever you go. There better not be any calls to go the Longhorns way or conspiracy theories going to fly. <laughs> just saying. The commissioner gives the verbal horns down. That's like a 15-yard penalty.